Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... We've got good news. The world is open again, and people like you, people of faith, are traveling to Catholic sites around the world. Want to travel with exceptional Catholic leaders this fall, next year, or in the future? Are you looking to see specific sites, celebrate traditional Latin Mass, or travel to destinations without vaccine requirements? We are here to help you deepen your faith on pilgrimage. Give us a call at 1-800-842-4842 or visit us online at selectinternationaltours.com. Select International Tours is your pilgrimage company, and we have the perfect Catholic trip for you. Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. Hello there. Welcome once again to the Gary Zimak Show. Happy Easter. I just love the way that sounds. And you know, one of the, one of the things we need to remember is that today we're going to look at the Mass readings for the second Sunday of Easter. There are seven weeks which make up the Easter season. This season is a big deal. Why? The resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and the fact that the gates of heaven, heaven are now open and that he is alive and present to us at every moment of the day right now. He's present with you. All of that is a huge deal, and we don't ever want to lose sight of that fact, even though you know how it works in the stores. The Easter baskets, the Easter candy, everything is gone <laughs> on the week after Easter. It's half price. They, got rid of, they get rid of the candy, and then once it's gone, it's gone. As Catholic Christians, we don't believe that. We're going to celebrate this Easter season for seven weeks. Now today, in addition to being the second Sunday of Easter, it is also, or this weekend I should say, depending on when you're listening to the show, this weekend on Sunday, the church not only celebrates the second Sunday of Easter, but it's also Divine Mercy Sunday. We will talk about Divine Mercy in addition to the the message of the second Sunday of, of Easter. I'm going to wrap it all in together. We'll read the readings as we do each week, and it is just such a blessing to be here with you. I know we we talked about it last week when we discussed the passion, resurrection, and the, the, the passion, death, and resurrection of Jesus, but I want to continue to thank you for journeying with me, for listening to this program, for your financial support, for your prayers, for everything that you do to help me, to be able to, in turn, hopefully help you. We help one another, and I'm, I'm grateful for that. I couldn't do it without you. And, and together, you and me, we're just trying to find Jesus and walk with him each day. Amen? I mean, that's, that's what this show is all about. That's what I try to do for you. And we're going to pray in just a minute. Before we do that, I, I want to share with you, as I was preparing to record this show, I wasn't feeling it. And when I say it, I was feeling a little down. There's some things going on right now that are burdening me. But, you know, it's funny how this happens. As I began to prepare for the show, I began to read the readings, I began to pray. I started feeling the presence of the Lord. I, I just love doing this show. 
and my writing, my daily reflections, my, my daily podcast, all of it. When I start talking about Jesus, when I start talking to Jesus, when I start that, no matter what I'm feeling, eventually the peace returns. And, and just I'm telling you this just so you know, hopefully you're enjoying this program because you're listening. That would make sense. But I enjoy doing it, and I need to do this as well. The message, the power of Christ, I need him, and he lifts me up so many times when I'm feeling down. You know, we all have to remember that feelings are not facts. So therefore, if we're feeling hopeless, if we're feeling discouraged, if we're feeling like God's not with us, we feel a lot of things. I feel a lot of things, and I'm sure you do too. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're true. It just means that we're feeling them. Let's always try to remember that. As Christians, as St. Paul says, we walk by faith and not by sight. All too often, I want to walk by sight. And I'm sure that is, I'm sure I'm not the only one. But together, whatever you're going through, let's turn to the Lord. Let's let him speak to us through the readings. But before that, let's speak to him. Let's speak to our Heavenly Father and kick this show off officially. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Father, thank you for, first of all, thank you for being patient. You're always waiting for us. And, and you know, sometimes we, we take that for granted, the fact that you are always available whenever we want to talk to you. You never say, hey, look, Gary, can you call me back? I'm busy right now. You never do that. And I thank you for that, Father. You're always willing to make time for your children. Thank you, first of all, for adopting us as your children. Thank you for preparing a place in heaven for each of us. We're very grateful for that. Thank you for sending your son into the world to show us more about who you are and to make it possible for us to one day live with you forever in heaven. I don't want to take that for granted either, Father. Father, we lift up all of our needs today. We pray for the grace to avoid committing any sins. We pray for the grace to continue on even when life is burdensome. We pray that we'll never desert you, that we'll never stop praying, that we'll never stop walking with you. No matter how we feel, we pray for the grace to allow that to happen. Father, I ask you to give me the words today. This is a big day, second Sunday of Easter, Divine Mercy Sunday. It's a powerful message. Please let me know what I'm supposed to say. Finally, Father, please send your Holy Spirit to open all of our hearts and all of our minds so that we can hear your message and respond to it in the appropriate way. Father God, we ask these things in the name of Jesus Christ, your Son and our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit. God forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for praying with me. Thank you for, for being here. You know, it's great that we can, we can sit around the table, because that's the way I view it. I view you and I sitting around the table, letting the Lord speak to us through these readings. You know, I'm just the instrument. I just try to deliver the message that the Lord wants me to deliver. And I'll tell you, I believe that when I ask him to help me say what I'm supposed to say, I believe that he does. Do I always 100% get it right? I'm sure not, because my own thoughts come into the mix, but I always ask him. And I believe that 
more often than not, I am able to deliver the message he has for us. So with that in mind, let's look at the Mass readings for the second Sunday of Easter, Divine Mercy Sunday. And before I do that, I want to direct you to my website, followingthetruth.com, if you want to find out more about my work, if you want to invite me to speak at your parish. I think I mentioned this last week, but Give Up Worry for Lent 2024 is now open for booking. So if you want to invite me to give a give up worry for Lent parish mission at your parish or a talk or at a conference or, or at your church, whatever it may be, please contact me at followingthetruth.com. Let's set it up. Let's see uh, where I'm anxious to see where the Lord's going to be sending me next year. And he and I have this deal. As long as he sends the work and I'm healthy, I'm going to keep doing what I do. So, And there is a new book coming out, too. I have a new book coming out in just a matter of weeks. Don't want to talk about it just yet because we still got plenty of other things to talk about. But stay tuned for more information. And to make sure that you are on top of my schedule and everything that's going on with me, I recommend that you go to followingthetruth.com and sign up for my daily email reflection. Let not your heart be troubled. In addition to getting a positive message each day, you are also going to find out where I'll be speaking, what books I have coming out, and any other thing that you need to know. Followingthetruth.com is the place to go for that. All right, so let's take a look at these readings. This is, we start with the gospel. We do the gospel first here on the program because the church teaches that the gospel does have a place of prominence out of all of the, the four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They have a place of prominence among all of the readings, all of the books of the Bible. They're all God's inspired word, but the gospel, the gospels are special because it is the primary source for learning about the life of Christ and hearing him speak to us. So I, I kick off the, the, the readings each week with the gospel for that reason. John chapter 20, verses 19 through 31. This is one of my favorite gospel passages. And in fact, when I lead parish missions, I always, um, I always manage to work this in to the talk, or at least part of this, to the talk on the final night. On the evening of that first day of the week, now this is Easter Sunday, the day that Jesus had risen from the dead. So it's the evening of that day. When the doors were locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, they were hiding. They were afraid that the religious authorities were going to come after them and do to them what they did to Jesus. So they were very scared about this. They're hiding. The doors are locked. The disciples are there for fear of the Jews. And Jesus came, and he stood in their midst, and he said to them, Peace be with you. And I like to deliver that message at my talks. I'm going to deliver that to you too. So wherever you are listening from right now, you might not be hiding behind locked doors, but you might be hiding behind the locked doors, imprisoned by anxiety. You know, we could be out in the world and still imprisoned by anxiety and fear. Let the Lord speak these words to you today. Peace be with you. That's a direct quote from Jesus. Let that sink in. When Jesus had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit, whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, 
and whose sins you retain are retained. Now, I just want to work this divine mercy message into this this gospel passage. There's more to go, but I want to pause for a minute here. Obviously, I'm time constrained. I can't talk extensively about divine mercy, but it's here where we have, as Catholics, biblical proof for the institution of the sacrament of confession. Jesus talks to his apostles. He breathes on them to symbolize the outpouring of his Holy Spirit. And he said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you retain are retained. He's giving his apostles, and we're talking about the apostles here, the authority, the ability to forgive sins in his name. They are given the authority to forgive the sins of people who come to them during the sacrament of confession. And if you wonder why we have to, or why the Catholic Church uh, mandates that we have to audibly confess our sins, you can get some insight into this by looking at this, this particular quote from Jesus, receive the Holy Spirit, whose sins you forgive are forgiven them. Now, Obviously, what Jesus is doing is giving the apostles the authority, and they were the first priests, remember, as well as the first bishops. It was a much smaller church then. He's giving them the ability to forgive sins. But listen to this part, and whose sins you retain are retained. So what we see here is they have the authority to either forgive or to not forgive somebody's sins. And and the, the reason that they, the only reason that any priest or the apostles would not forgive somebody's sins in the name of Jesus is if the person wasn't sorry or wasn't willing to refrain from committing sins in the future. It's a very rare occurrence, but it can happen. So receiving absolution at confession is not automatic. Again, it's very rare that a priest would ever withhold absolution for our sins, but it is possible. So in order, and this is the point I'm trying to make, in order for them to make that decision, they have to first hear the sins. They can't read minds. So this is is great proof, I think, for the sacrament of confession and why we as Catholics go to confession and confess our sins to the priest who is acting in the person of Christ. So essentially, we're confessing to Jesus but we're doing it to the priest who is acting as Jesus. And in order for them to make the decision whether or not to grant absolution, and again, it's very rare that they would ever not give absolution, in order for them to make that decision, we have to audibly confess our sins. I I needed to mention that because sometimes you will hear people say, well, why do I have to confess my sins to a priest? There's biblical evidence for this, but it's a great sacrament. And on Divine Mercy Sunday, what better example of the Lord's mercy than the forgiveness of even the most serious sins? That's why this is such a great gospel for Divine Mercy Sunday. Okay, back to the narrative. Thomas called Didymus, one of the 12, was not with them when Jesus came. So he was not there on Easter Sunday. So the other disciples said to him, we have seen the Lord. But Thomas said to them, unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands 
and put my finger into the nail marks and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Now, there's doubting Thomas, but in in all fairness to Thomas, he wasn't there. He wasn't there. He did not see the risen Jesus appearing. He did not see the wounds on his hands and his feet and his side. And what does Jesus do? Well, now a week later, his disciples were again inside and Thomas was with them. Jesus came, although the doors were locked, and stood in their midst and said, Peace be with you. Again, same message. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and bring your hand and put it into my side. And do not be unbelieving, but believe. In other words, Jesus is not willing to leave Thomas struggling with his unbelief. He's going to appear again. Specifically, when he knew Thomas was there. And he says, put your finger here. Look at my wounds. Bring your hand. Put it into my side. And do not be unbelieving, but believe. In other words, believe that I have risen. Thomas answered and he said to him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you come to believe because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and have believed. Now, you know, you and I, If we believe in Jesus, if we believe that he has been risen from the dead, he's talking about us here. Right now, he is praising our faith because we believe in him. Now, we can all get down on ourselves and say, well, I don't really feel it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how you feel. It matters how you decide to exercise your faith. If you choose to believe in the risen Jesus, and how do you know that you do that? If you ever pray, if you ever speak to him, you are believing you are expressing your, your, expressing your belief. You're acting on your belief is a more appropriate, appropriate way to put it. You're acting on your belief that Jesus did rise from the dead because otherwise you wouldn't be speaking to him. So every time you pray, and really it doesn't matter. Remember, it doesn't matter how you feel. But when you speak to Jesus, you are professing your faith in his resurrection. And Jesus himself is saying, blessed are those who have seen who have not seen and have believed. You and me, we have not seen the risen Jesus with our eyes, but yet through faith we believe. We definitely are blessed for doing that. Now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples that were not written in this book, but these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that through this belief you may have life in his name Why is it so important to emphasize the Gospels? Why does the church hold the Gospels as highly as they do? Why do I always lead with the Gospel? Because of what John wrote right here. These signs are written that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Christ. And through this belief, right, even though you haven't seen him, through this belief that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, you may have life, eternal life in his name. The Gospels really do matter. Let's look at the first reading now, Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. They devoted themselves, and here, this is the apostles, or they, uh, this is the early Christian church, I should say. They devoted themselves to the teaching of the apostles and to the communal life, to the breaking of bread, and to the prayers. All came upon everyone, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. All who believed were together. 
and had all things in common. They would sell their property and possessions and divide them among all according to one's needs, each one's needs. Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple area and to breaking bread in their homes. They ate their meals with exultation and sincerity of heart, praising God and enjoying favor with all the people. And every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. And what we see here is an example of the early church. This is what the church looked like. And, you know, we look at this and we might say, well, I'm not feeling this. I don't really see that today. That may be so, but you and I, we can change that. We have the ability to go to daily mass. I mean, you may not, but if you do, I mean, you might have to work. You might have other responsibilities. You might not be able to get out of your house. I understand that. But if you can, don't waste the opportunity to go to daily mass in addition to going on Sunday because it's going to change your life. It's going to change your life. And this is what the early church looked like. And look, if you can't get out to Mass, maybe you can watch it on TV. Maybe you can watch it on the Internet. So many parishes are now live streaming their daily Masses. So just remember that as Christians, we're called to just not go through the motions. We are called to really follow Jesus, to follow Jesus, and to live our Christian faith every day, every day, not just on Sundays. Let's look at the responsorial Psalm, Psalm 118. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love is everlasting. This is the, um, this is the reminder for us today, again, this divine mercy message. The divine mercy message um, comes down to believing in Jesus, believing in Jesus and believing in his mercy. That first reading, we saw an example of people who believed. They believed and they practiced. They acted based on that belief. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love is everlasting. Listen to this. Let the house of Israel say his mercy endures forever, right? Perfect for divine mercy Sunday. Let the house of Aaron say, his mercy endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say, his mercy endures forever. Great reminder for us, the mercy of the Lord. I was hard-pressed and I was falling, but the Lord helped me. My strength and my courage is the Lord, and he has been my Savior. The joyful shout of victory in the tents of the just. The stone which the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. By the Lord has this been done. It is wonderful in our eyes. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. Why do we rejoice? Because the Lord is kind and merciful. The Lord is always willing to not only forgive us of any sin that we ever commit, but when we are struggling with anxiety, when we're discouraged, when we're feeling hopeless. He has mercy on us. He, he feels that pain and he wants to do something about it. And he can do something about it. But what we need to do is turn to him. In those words at the, the bottom of the divine mercy image, I'm, I'm looking at an image right now, seeing these words as I do this program. Jesus, I trust in you. That's the best prayer for those of us who are struggling with feelings of hopelessness or discouragement or suffering. Jesus, I trust in you. Lead me, Jesus. I trust in you. You don't have to feel it. 
Trust is a choice. It's a decision. It's not a feeling. Jesus, I trust in you. Second reading, uh, first letter of St. Peter, chapter 1, verses 3 through 9. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who in his great mercy, see the connection, gave us a new birth to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by the power of God are safeguarded through faith to a salvation that is ready to be revealed in the final time. In this you rejoice, although now for a little while you may have to suffer through various trials, so that the genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that is perishable, even though tested by fire, may prove to be for praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Although you have not seen him, remember that from the gospel, blessed are those who have not seen yet believe, although you have not seen him, you love him, and though you do not see him now yet believe in him, you rejoice with an indescribable and glorious joy as you attain the goal of your faith, the salvation of your soul. So St. Peter is acknowledging here in, in this life, there's going to be suffering. You rejoice in your ultimate victory, your ultimate salvation, the fact that you have a heavenly mansion, or room in a mansion, however you want to call it, waiting for you at the end of your life. Even though you may have to suffer through your various trials, it's done so that the genuineness of your faith, or it's a test of faith. God allows us to be tested, allows our faith to be tested, because if you knew everything, if you could see with your eyes, it doesn't take faith. Faith is a gift given to us to exercise or to choose to exercise our belief in God, even though we don't see him. So we walk by faith, or we're called to walk by faith as Christians, which means in the midst of struggles and trials, temptations, tribulations, we can still choose to rejoice and just like trust, joy, rejoicing is not a feeling. It's a decision. It's an action. I will rejoice. I am suffering, but I will choose to rejoice because I know that the Lord is merciful. I know that he cares about me. I know that when I cry, Jesus cries along with me because he has human emotions. So he gets it. He knows what we are going through. And if we turn to him, now you got to remember, he's God. He's got power. He's He's infinitely powerful. So if you turn to him and you're struggling and you need help, he's not going to leave you alone. He's either going to give you the grace to endure whatever you're dealing with or he's going to take it away. And by faith, we believe that. I care about your problems too, but my power is limited. Jesus cares about you to an infinite degree more than I do. You know, as much as I say I care, I have, I'm an imperfect person. But Jesus cares unconditionally, infinitely, about whatever it is that you're struggling with. And he has the power to do something to help you. You want to turn to him. You want to ask for him to help you. You want to let him know you trust him. Jesus, I trust in you. Again, not a feeling, but a choice. And if you get used to doing that,
You're going to begin to feel incredible peace. And you'll be walking with Jesus. It doesn't get any better than that. Well, yeah, I can't believe it. This program is drawing to a close. Now, I always get excited. It's always it always shocks me when I look at the clock and see that we have to get out of here. But we do. I want to thank you for listening. Again, remember, Jesus is risen. Rejoice. Talk to him today, even if you're suffering. He'll get you through it. Followingthetruth.com is my website. If you'd like to leave a donation for my ministry, I'd really appreciate it. Uh, Or if you need anything, you can contact me at the website. Thanks for joining me. Happy Easter, and I look forward to being back with you next week. God bless.